0: May the quickening and awakening of consciousness begin with you, and your own personal evolution in higher consciousness. Thanks again for listening to Cosmic Love. Well, howdy,
1: howdy the Cosmic Cowboy with Cosmic Love for January 16, 2021. And today I have a special guest, Kevin Raphael Fitch, who is extremely talented as a speaker and author and astrologer, known as just Raphael, or uh, Rafiel, by his friends. I witnessed Rightfield recite Cahil Gibran's entire book, The Prophet, from memory, at a local talent show. I have seen his impressive book called Celestial Configurations of Africa and the Caribbean, published in 2012, and his mystical novel called The End Zone, the Ahmad Jones novel, published in 2018. Uh, the latter book is the first of a 12-part series on the cop and astrologist asset who uses astrology, fighting crime, and framing history with a unique perspective on both motive and intent. I've also known, Raphael, to provide highly personalized astrologic consultation for career counsel for professionals, uh, anyone that's interested in cosmic opportunity as you transit into the immediate future. Today, Raphael is going to share some of his insights on the first principles of cosmic law governing both astrology and psychology. Raphael, Raphael is a widely known writer and teacher of advanced astrology for detective work, trend reports, and self developments. I've included his links to his three different websites uh, on the uh, podcast uh, homepage at theastrologyconsultant.com, theendzonenovel.com, and theafricanastrologer.com. And today you can listen to Rayfield's Cosmic Weather Report with some astrology portents now and for 2021. So in the show, we'll discuss first principles of cosmic quantum law, framing the unique astrology and psychology for each of us at this amazing time. So thank you, Raphael, for being on Cosmic Love today.
2: Christopher, I am happy to be here and happy to talk with you. Thanks for having me on. You
1: bet. Well, we got, uh, uh, a lot of, uh, amazing things we can talk about specifically, um, you know, the, um, I'm very interested right now and I, in, in the timeline, what's going on with you. I call it the cosmic weather and quite often I give a cosmic weather report at the beginning of my show and I get into the astrology, you know, psychology uh, of the day and what's going on. And I understand that you were, actually just gave a talk to some, what is it, a group in New York City that you spoke to last year about this time, and you couldn't make it this time, so today you just finished a presentation on some astrology portents. Could you tell us a little bit about that, what you foresee for the current events in the near future?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The uh, talk took place in uh, Seattle, Washington. Today, oh, Okay. And I was in uh, Seattle, Washington, early last year, early January, and I was present to actually uh, participate with a panel of other astrologers. So today, I got up at four in the morning and uh, didn't have any coffee and went into what I was going to say, and I wrote it all down. And uh, then I just did the audio of it and sent it into the leader of the panel, and so uh, they evidently really enjoyed it. So, well, Good. Yeah,
1: so you I covered, participated remotely.
2: Participated remotely, but I didn't participate remotely in the sense that I was actually talking. I just sent it, and I had to go about doing some other work today. And oh, so uh, it, was, it wasn't interactive? No, not in this case. But they, they took the audio that I made of it, and they played it. So that oh, worked out well. So we got in some of the things that are going on now, we know that in terms of platforms, you know, social networking platforms like Twitter and uh, Facebook, many of these are, as you know, they're tightening their rules on what you can and cannot say. So if you look at the horoscope of the U.S., and this is based on the Declaration of Independence chart for 1776, 5.30 p.m., July 4th. We are dealing with a major transit of the planet Pluto, and it is opposing the natal Mercury within the U.S., within that U.S. chart. So what is Mercury? Well, it has a lot to do with thought. But when you relate it to human beings on a collective level, now you're dealing with world thought or the general national opinion. And being that this horoscope deals with the nation, the national opinion yeah. has has an emotional underbelly because Mercury is in cancer, right? So right. in that sense, thoughts are colored by feeling. People don't always yeah. think clearly because the emotions yeah. play an important role. So this is part of the gestalt of our country in terms of how we... Think about things and how we talk about things, and because cancer is associated with nationhood, the home, farms, family, you can see how all these things play out. So Pluto is opposing it now; it's been opposing it off and on for most of the year. Huh. And what are we talking about? Who's pulling the strings of national opinion? So when you're looking yeah. at when you're looking at Pluto, you're you're looking at powerful forces that that. Tend to attempt to control and manipulate. Yep, transform exactly the way people think. And so, in the in that horoscope, Pluto is the ruler of the twelfth house of the uh, declaration chart. What is the twelfth house? Well, it represents subversion. It represents the collective psychology, okay. yeah. institutions that are the bedrock of any society enemies of the state but it also yeah. represents other things that are that are positive too such as spirituality but when you look at the rulership network of Pluto ruling the 12th and opposing Mercury in the 8th you're dealing with some very powerful forces that may be working behind the scenes and underneath the radar, underneath the table that seek to control and manipulate, and coerce public opinion. So, if you've ever ever had someone show you a card trick, and they say, pick a card, any card, you always pick the card they want you to pick. (laughs) It's very interesting how that works. So, we have to be very conscious. And thought is timeless and spaceless, and it belongs to the subtle world. And so, when we understand that through our thinking, we can recognize greater truth, and we can begin to look behind what we see and what we hear, that is when we can begin to become independent seekers of truth and not simply followers of whoever is saying what they're saying. We can so listen you might, and we can come so you, to our own conclusions.
1: So you might say that uh, 2021 is a Going to be the you know, the initiation or the, of of transformation from you might say the old paradigm death of the old paradigm and initiation of a of a wholly new
2: paradigm well yes, and that's only one measurement there are many measurements that go into events and it's not just the plural transit there are many other things besides the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, there was two of them by the way this year
1: yeah. um, One
2: actually last year and I think we spoke about that the first one took place in the heliocentric horoscope in other words, from the standpoint of the sun Jupiter and Saturn were conjoined uh, on November 2nd uh, the day before election day so to me, that um, showed that there was going to be a major shift and a revolution in the way things the way time and space, because Jupiter represents space and Saturn represents time. So time and space, two major qualities of life, and as it pertains to the laws of a government and the rules by which people conduct themselves, as well as nations, this was a very, that was a very uh, powerful moment when those two planets came together. But they also came together again in December of last year, and they came together geocentrically. So we had two hits, basically, of this Jupiter-Saturn conjunction and Aquarius, and all great epochs, epochs have a lot to do with Saturn and Aquarius. Why? Saturn has a lot to do with things as they are, traditions, keeping things in terms of the status quo from moving any further. What is Aquarius? It's governed by Uranus which is a very powerful planet because it's always associated with revolutions, sudden, Damn. exciting changes. When you put the two together, you have this push-pull action, but it is always indicative of a new epoch. Whenever these two planets come together, now they haven't come together as Saturn and Uranus, but they came together as Saturn in the sign of Uranus, which is Aquarius. So there is uh, this juxtaposition of the old and the new, and some, we are living people, in this in these moments now.
1: Some people say this is the the initiation, very early, you know, like the spark, the spark initiation of Aquarius. You know the age well, of Aquarius.
2: I agree with that. Yet, yeah, it, it's it's good to understand that this is an overarching cycle. It's yeah. Not the 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 age of Aquarius is an overarching cycle, phenomena, in which all the other astral, astrological con- configurations that I just spoke about come under. Yeah. So, this provides a more cosmic context, because what? The sun is precessing through the first degree of the stars of Pisces and the beginning of the last degree of the stars of Aquarius. So, the rays of the Aquarian age are already upon us, and... The cycle of Aquarius is already operating, but it's coexisting with the end of Aquarius. So in a sense, we as a human species are moving between two ages because we haven't totally entered that Aquarian age yet fully. And so even with an unprepared eye, one may notice the alternate influence of Pisces and Aquarius. Yeah. There are no hard and fast boundary lines of between these two constellations because if there were, destruction would occur immediately. Can you imagine people coming from space having been there for years without landing on Earth, without going through the decompression chambers and the things that help you to readjust adjust to Earth life? Can you imagine them just being exposed to Earth life without all the preliminaries? They would probably oh, yeah. die. Right? Oh yeah yeah so, the,
1: the decompression would be just too great. You get you'd get the bends.
2: <laughs> exactly. So just imagine if there were real lines of demarcation between Pisces and Aquarius, they don't exist. There are no fixtures in nature, as Emerson once said. And so these two signs, they are merged they have always been together. They're one. The whole universe is one. But when we speak yeah. about the ages, okay, we think about them in terms of very specific lines of demarcation and that's okay because we know in the quantum universe whatever you yeah. think and believe that way becomes a particle so if we think that we're going to move into the age of aquarius at a certain time there may be some truth to that but we can feel the push-pull action between these yeah. two ages and this is yeah. the overarching theme that governs all astrology everywhere because we are moving out of that pythian quality of doubt and fear and sometimes a lack of mastery of water into the rarefied air of the Aquarian frontier, which is governed by Uranus. And Uranus, by the way, is known as the planet of the violet force. And we know that the color of violet is being used today, not only huh. in water purification, but also in terms of um, various ways of killing bacteria and even microbes. And also yeah. transmuting things. So Uranus has a lot going on right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is definitely fullness of the times. So um, could, now that gives that gives us a little taste of. And this this Pluto thing is pretty much this this transformation thing is being, going to be going on all through pretty much 2021, isn't it?
2: Yes. And when you look at um, the Pluto transit, I didn't mention this earlier. But um, when the Declaration of Independence was signed and the framers had established that moment in time, that major thought, at 5.13 p.m., Pluto was at the 27th degree of Capricorn, 46 minutes. Well, for the first time in 232 years, Pluto entered Capricorn again in 2008 and it corresponded to a major recession from 2007 to 2009 Um, there were um, farmers who were losing their farms um, because Capricorn is associated with the major farming industries all industries by the way And they suffered um, greatly during that time period. And that also corresponded to the time when the planet um, Uranus had entered Taurus. And Taurus governs uh, farms, dairy farmers especially, and cattle. So when those two things happened, um, you you saw a a great amount of suicide taking place in the farming industry with people who were losing their farms. That was just another indication. Also, the deep water Horizon in 2010, still when when Uranus was in Taurus and when Pluto was also in, Scorp- in Capricorn, um, that explosion had a lot to do with the drilling, which is governed by what? Pluto. Yeah, going deep oil. into things to pull out things. And Saturn governs all excavating equipment. And it wasn't Capricorn and Earth's sign. So there were many powerful things that occurred when... The planet Pluto moved into the sign of Capricorn, and also when the the, the uh, planet Uranus moved into Taurus. And what we're experiencing now in our banking systems, in our money systems, how I mean, When was the last time you could actually walk into a bank and speak to a bank teller?
1: That's right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Now it doesn't mean that all banks are closed throughout the country. Some may be open, but. Would yes, you use the drive? The banking system. Yeah. Use the drive-up windows now. Yeah. Yes, and you also have the internet. So Taurus governs the banking system. So when you put Uranus there, what do you have? You have a change in the way we deal with money and how. Exactly. So all banking houses are governed by Taurus. But and when are we? Uh, uh,
1: when will uh, um, Pluto be at uh, 28 degrees Capricorn again?
2: Well, it's going it to be at the, It's 27 degrees 46 minutes. It's going to be there by the time we get to. Um, by uh, the beginning of 2022.
1: Oh really, so we're we're right. kind of in so, that period right before the signing of the Declaration of Independence, but now it's more like the, the U.S. is more like the United Sovereigns of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: a very powerful period, and we may even see, Christopher, the end of the Federal Reserve System, because um, Pluto has well, a I lot to so. do with large groups of money, and so When we get closer and closer to this major transit, and as you said, we are already very, we're very much there already. We are already in, the Pluto is already an orb of itself through transit and specifically for this country. So we may see an end of the Federal Reserve. So we're in, this is the long view. We're in the long haul right now. And there's a lot of changes going on, but it's not negative. It's all part of the, versioning new age which brings with it not only uh, new stuff but it also brings the need to adjust to a different vibration. I mean, listen, we're going from we've gone from Earth to air with Saturn and Jupiter. We're in Capricorn. we have gone from Earth and we now are in air. And so it's very um, very how should I say, seemingly unstable, where a lot of people are at right now because they're not really yeah, sure well, what's there, going on,
1: and that's the nature of there. There's definitely some chaos out there, and some people are saying that this is um, um, this is like a major shift, even larger cycles of the six thousand year old patriarchy into more of uh, uh, you know the rise of the divine feminine and uh, and, and on the cusp of you know you might say a more uh, a kinder and gentler you know aquarian cycle like more like uh the divine feminine or the matriarchy which is kind of a quantum leap from where we yeah. are right now but you know yeah. but it's like this is the the scale of a huge uh, you know perspective shift on a planetary scale that's even much larger than just the just this 2000 year aquarian age i agree i agree yeah so uh, Raphael, i you know i'm i'm uh kind of interested in um uh well i i'm actually fascinated with you know of course your your book your you know on this and you know, on your you know the this uh, called the um uh the end zone you know the ahmed Jones novel published two thousand eighteen You have a website on that, like I say, I've included that in the show notes. And you've got another book, Configurations of Africa and the Caribbean, published in 2012. This other book is a novel. You're this mystical novel called The End Zone, you know. And and um, I've seen those, and there's a huge amount of work that you put into that over over years. And you're also working with professional clients. You know, you've got. High level professional people, you know, in the criminal justice system and, and, um, other people that you've worked with, you know, on really, well, I, I, I refer to it as advanced astrology, you know, because when you get into the professional realm like that, uh, it's beyond, you know, where most astrologers are hobbyists like me. I'm virtually a hobbyist, although I've done. You know, I've done individual charts, and I've done relationship charts. When I was a wedding photographer, I used to do, you know, uh, wedding couples, either individual and then their collective, you know, their collective charts. And I realized, you know, you do that kind of work also, you know, personalized astrology work. And so you've, you've, been, uh, you've been in the trenches, you know, really working with it professionally for what now, 30 years?
2: 42, going on 43. Wow. And... <laughs> And every yeah. day, I'm always excited about what is possible for me to learn and to yeah. find
1: out. Yeah, well, we're definitely um, um, we're on the cusp of, um, I think, uh, more and more revelations about quantum science. You know, this is sometimes, the, I've heard the Aquarian age referred to as the quantum age. And of course, in the quantum age, the understanding of it's all energy you know, it's quantum energy fields within fields. You know, they refer to the torus field within the brain and the auric field around the body, the auric field around the earth, which is a torus field. How even our galaxy is a giant torus field and these fields within fields within, you know, we're in the universe and the universe is within us. You know, the kingdom yeah. of heaven is literally within us. And so here we are, you know, with an understanding of uh, a new understanding of astrology as the quantum field geometry or, you know, the relationship of these fields within fields. And of course, the planetary fields as a step down, uh, transformers for the deep space energies, you know, like in the 12 quadrants of the, what we've heard, the, the 12 signs of the zodiac are really deep space energies that step down from, you know, very deep space beyond, even beyond our galaxy into our solar system and then step down through the planets, which are like little transformers that step down the energy into the, you know, the quantum fields of the earth when the hemispheres of the earth actually resonate with the hemispheres of the brain they found out. And this is always, this has yeah. fascinated me, people I've had on my show that, um, that were really into, you know, the energetic, um, bond, relationship, you know, um, and and the evolution of consciousness on the planet, you know, like in the Western world, you know, how we're left-brain dominant, and we read left to right, and in the Eastern world, the Eastern hemisphere of the Earth, they, they're right-brain dominant, and they read, you know, with calligraphy, you know, symbols of, um, you know, calligraphy, graphics, from right to left because they're right-brain dominant. So like the whole evolution of consciousness on the planet, there's this law of correspondence from the left and right hemispheres of the brain and the hemispheres of the Earth um, that correspond to, you know, how we think about everything. And, of course, astrology is another understanding like there now know the principle behind homeopathy, you know, biologically, um, you know, the, that, that homeopathy works on the very subtle fields of, uh, of the, uh, the body and the mind and, you know, on all levels, the four lower bodies, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically, and it's, it's very dynamic and powerful, especially with children, you know, homeopathy, because their vital force is strong. Well, with adults, you know, this, There's this very subtle influence with astrology that we're now coming to understand as all quantum field um, is geometrized, you might say, with the stepping down of these energies and how these energies are qualified and geometrized by, you know, by in relationship to each other, and of course, I call it the relays, relations of relevance and ultimate reverence, the holy whole, how it's all connected to each of us individually because we all have different. Natal birth charts and we all came in with a different frame of reference, you know, with the astrology coordinates in our, in our body. And this is, this is something that goes back to the ancient Chinese, you know, they were into the order of the universe and they understood, you know, of course, the energetic principles of like, um, acupuncture, you know, the whole energy 2000 years ago. Of course, now science science is validating all of that, and we're valid. Science is validating the understanding of what the ancient Chinese understood is that in the in the womb, you know, the nine months before birth, that these energies of the cosmos, the deep space energies, were actually stepped down into our solar system through the different planetary influences, and the the twelve lower vertebrae in a woman's back. The ancient Chinese understood this. The twelve lower vertebrae actually. Uh, were step down generators, uh, for the 12 constellations that within the energetic womb with the 12 lower vertebrae, you know, in a woman's, in a woman's back where the corresponding to the womb, it actually set up an energetic field with the 12 constellations so that with the dividing of a single fertilized cell from one to two to four to 16, this whole cytosis process had this creative attention with the cell division and with that, that energetic a um, uh, field that 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 in in the womb that those 12 constellations were fused into the bioenergetics of the entire blueprint of the body so that when you took the first fire breath of god the cosmic clock in the heavens were triggered you know the, the, it's like your astrology psychology began as a function of the kingdom of heaven being within the body isn't that freaking amazing
2: <laughs> yes it is yes it is
1: now uh, the kingdom because. of heaven is truly within us. And so then we have the transits, you know, that the, the heavens continue to move and, and they, they continue to trigger, you know, the, uh, the, the set points, you know, at birth, mm-hmm. you know, within, you know, that, that fire breath. When we take the first breath, you know, it's like the, the whole cosmic clock of the heavens fires up within us. And I, I think this is cosmic law 101, you know, the first principles of cosmic law. Um, are geometrized within a person's astrology psychology and is triggered with the transits as the heavens continue to move. in of course, it, totally unique ways to each individual's, you know, we're all born at a, at a certain time, at a certain body, with a certain genetics, with certain um, uh, parents, you know. And, and, and again, it's, it's so unique, of course, decided by the karmic board, you know, and, and you know, levels of consciousness that got a lot higher pay grade than mine, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah. this stuff fascinates me and I I really uh, honor your experience working with this on a professional level above and beyond, you know, what I always have. I love to have people on the show who really got levels of expertise where, you know, I, I marvel at it. And so, so share with me, you know, uh, as you know, a little bit, um, you know, entertain with me, you know, some of these first principles of cosmic law or universal law, uh, you know, astrology, psychology, I, you know, I understand at a very basic level that some of these first principles, like with the law of the one, um, the law, of, and I refer to it the law of the two-in-one, polarity rather than duality, the, the law of the three-in-one, you know, the trinity, as you see with Trines and sextiles in your astrology, and the law of the four and one, uh, which reference, you know, the, some people refer to the to the the, the capstone uh, as the fifth principle with the law of the four one that you see like in a grand square or a grand cross. But it's the principle, you know, in in the cosmic clock, you know, with the Jungian archetypes for uh, psychology, astrology. Tarot, which I know you work with Tarot and other mystical metaphors like the, the New Jerusalem or the city four square, or the four square gospel, the white cube, these, you know, mystical metaphors, the pyramid of self and civilization, you know, the people that studied ancient mysteries of God, you know, whether you're talking about East or West or these universal principles, these universal archetypes, uh, again, that, you know, internalize um, what I call, refer to as kingdom consciousness, the keys to the internalization of God or geometrically ordered divinity, the geometry of divinity, you know, for for God consciousness, uh, you know, with, you know, the basically the fractal order of the holographic universe, how it's all organized with these first principles at all levels. It's just like the body, you know, you can look holographically, into the whole body through the eyes, through iridology, you know, the whole body reads out or, or with ear acupuncture, you can actually diagnose the whole body through different points on the ear or reflexology. You can look at the whole body through the feet or palmistry. You can get into the whole body psychology, you know, through the hands. Well, astrology is like a blueprint like that. You can get into, you know, basically the bioenergetics of the, of the whole body, mind, spirit connection. as as a frame of reference. And, of course, it changes for each individual because the heavens continue to move and to to click off, you know, like clockwork, you know, um, uh, the trigger, you might say, a person's personal um, psychology, astrology, you know, at different times in different ways. So this is, I guess, what you do professionally, you know, on a a regular basis. And I'm kind of going off on this, but um, I thought it would be good to get you on. I'd love to do a, a series... Uh, with more understanding on cosmic law, the first principles, uh, with this understanding, like the first principles of psychology, you know, Jungian psychology and these ancient and, and modern maps of consciousness, like, like not just astrology, but, you know, the ancient understanding of tarot or the ancient understanding of these maps of consciousness, uh, for alchemy, you know, the fire, air, water and earth. The, the spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical—you know—the four lower bodies they're referred to—and and really getting a grasp of these first principles of cosmic law—is is this you know s- something that you do with clients on a regular basis, or do you just pretty much personalize it to each individual's um, you know kind of a unique bioenergetics?
2: Well, with my with my clients, I first of all refrain from using any astrological jargon. So- yeah. I wouldn't talk about, let's say, your Mars is squaring the midpoint of your North Node and Saturn connection. I wouldn't say anything like that.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, even though that's I what can, you're
2: working with. Right, right. <laughs> so for me, for me, I can do the calculus in my in my mind, and when I prepare my notes yeah. uh, before I meet my clients, because I usually. Um, invest at least two to three hours studying the horoscope and making all those measurements. And I don't know who's going to show up. I don't know whether this individual is going to be or function in the way that these um, signs and planets indicate. I have to ask questions. I have to get verification. I have to get corroboration. So many times I'll go back all the way to the early home life just had a client a while back. And I have clients all over the world, so I don't mention their names. Yeah. Had a client a while back, um, and I noticed that there was a, uh, a particular planet that was squaring um, a, a midpoint in their horoscope. So I asked them uh-huh. about how they um, functioned as a team with other people and how they were able to make things happen. And I gave this person an actual date. I gave a series of dates from, like, um, like the 3rd to the 10th of the month. So I said, you know, did you experience, how did you handle that energy? So it's not so much wanting to find out if something happened. The idea is to help my client to understand how they are using their energy because I saw the same thing was going to happen again in my client's life. So I wanted to find out Uh how they dealt with this the previous time. And so Uh my client said, oh, I had a wonderful experience working with these people and I was really fulfilled in my work. I was allowed freedom to put together this program, which went off very well with my constituents. So I could talk to her intelligently about how this cycle is coming around again, and this person is involved in working on a program um, to further her clientele. So I was able to understand how the person uses these these. Energy is depicted in a horoscope. Because when you look at a horoscope, Christopher, you're looking at a set of needs, basically. How you need to think. Well, if a person yeah. has Mercury and Aries, that person needs to think about first principles, getting there first, speaking first, responding quickly through words, being forceful in terms of how they communicate with each other, um, yeah. taking the lead. <clears throat> this person needs that. So when you're looking at a horoscope, you're looking at me. So when I'm talking, when I'm sharing, when we're discussing, it's never a one-way street. It's always a two-way discussion about the horoscope. But I've done my notes. I've done my preparation. When I'm working with my client, I've already done my, my work. And so now I have to share with my client who most clients, when they talk to an astrologer or call an astrologer, usually have um, critical issues that they're dealing with and sometimes yeah. it's a crisis just whether or not they're going to contact the astrologer and you can see all that because what I do with my clients is I always notice the time that they've made their call and I chart that moment because that moment reveals to me through years of doing this what was going on at the time they made that call and so yeah. I can use that along with their horoscope and their progressions to have an intelligent conversation with my clients, So, yes, there is a, a, a conveyance, I would say, a spiritual conveyance that goes on whenever I'm in consultation mode. And, yeah. and it's usually very helpful to my clients. But, again, you keep it very, very balanced and down-to-earth so that they can understand what their need profile, how they can fulfill themselves, and and then we're able to look ahead in terms of looking at the future ahead of time. It's sort of like um, remembering the past. (laughs) And when you're remembering the past, you're looking at future possibilities, but now it's past because you've seen it already. And so we can look at what those possibilities are.
1: I had um, had an experience uh, with something like this back, oh geez, it was back about uh, uh, 1978, I had a business partner and we were uh, developing a natural food store and eatery in downtown Troy, Ohio. And I went to an astrologer down in Dayton, Ohio. This was in Troy, down in Dayton, Ohio at a, at a bookstore. She was just visiting, she, but she was, uh, there's all kinds of astrology and she was a specialist in medical astrology. She did the book um, on medical astrology. Her name is Eileen Nauman oh, yeah. and she's brilliant. But she also did consulting in other regards, and we wanted we asked her, we went together, my business partner and I about developing this store and what the, what this would look like for us doing this together. and and um, uh, we came back to her after she did the workup on it and had another meeting with her. and she explained that uh, we would do really well for about two years and then not so much. Well, I forgot about that. We went ahead and developed the store and it was after, you know, we went our ways after two years and we passed the torch on the business to some some other people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I remembered, oh my gosh, I saw the notes and I went over to Eileen Nailman and yep, it was just exactly two years.
2: <laughs> you know? Oh boy. Well that's very interesting. Just, working with just, working yeah. with someone who works with a um, a medical a medical medical astrologer and also someone who was able to actually do the chart of yep? She a, did
1: the chart. A business,
2: so she, she, I had. She, mm-hmm.
1: I was going to say, she, 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 her specialty was Uranus and Uranian. She said it was a ninth harmonic that she worked with the ninth harmonic, and
2: I didn't understand okay, so what that's it was. Okay, 40, that's forty-five degrees. So the ninth yeah, she was a special. A very, she was a specialist in that. It's a very, that's a very powerful harmonic. Uranian astrology was developed by a German astrologer named Alfred Bitter. And uh-huh. he um, he used what are known as half sums. He noticed midpoints between planets. And by understanding when these points between planets were sensitized by planetary transits or progression, the energies of these two planets conjoined yielded a different result. And this is based on... This is what I was just saying earlier about my, one of my clients who had a certain transit to one of her midpoints. I mentioned her, uh-huh. but still, there's how many billions of people on the planet? <laughs> so there's no one you know. And so um, that um, was able to give me lots of insight. Actually, I went through about five midpoints in that particular session, and they all yeah. were high. They all gave forth um, huh. great exclamations of, wow, yes, that was going on at that time. But again, not just designed to, to see whether I was right. The idea is, how am I, going to, how am I helping this person with their needs at the moment and why they've contacted me. So this is yeah. all part of how to address the individual's needs. So the ninth harmonic is the 45th degree and it's a very powerful degree. Actually, if you, if you turn your palm down flat in front of you and you turn yeah. it 45 degrees so that it's facing up slightly at an angle, there's an energy there. When I used to practice martial arts and I still do, especially Tai Chi, the 45th uh-huh. degree, even in terms of how you move through space, is a very powerful degree and it's very sensitive to energetic coherence. So maybe huh. another time we can talk about that. But yes, yeah. um, I was, well, working, with when, I was okay, working with a client one. I was working with a client one time who had a... that's the best
1: explanation I've had of the of the <laughs> uh, of, of that of that understanding of the of that harmon- the ninth harmonic in Uranian astrology. Right. I knew there was a lot too, and I have read some about it, but. You know, some of these concepts, when I'm just kind of a, when I say, you know, the fundamentals of the pure geometry, you know, aspects, you know, with, just, with with trines and, you know, squares and oppositions and sextiles, you know, patterns in the astrology. And I was going to mention that the reason I'm interested in the astrology of the United States in this 28th degree in Capricorn, because the handle in my astrology is Jupiter... When I was born, you know, my natal chart is Jupiter in in um, Capricorn at the 28th degree, and it's like the handle of my entire chart. We have bucket pattern. It's called the handle, and um, um, it's it's strongly aspected to other key significators in my chart. So, you know, I'm, I, you know, whether I'm coming into my time or or this is going to be a trigger trigger for my life's work, I don't know. But this is. I find this fascinating time, and I love your perspective on all
2: this. Well, you had a, a according to the transit, there was um, in middle in mid December. From the first the first two weeks of December, you had your Jupiter return, right? Yeah, so, I did. Jupiter return to the twentieth degree, um, like within the first three weeks. And so, how was that for you? Now, when you think oh, the Jupiter, I, it was you like
1: you know, I, when was this? Um, I mean, I had, you, you know, I, it, it was about that time or shortly after that time that I had a complete reboot, you know, I had a concussion and, and then, uh, I had a brain, um, surgery for, uh, a bilateral hematoma on the brain. And I mean, I had, I had a near death experience and a complete reboot, you know, been through, uh, before the first of the year. And since then I've been just like, uh, I've been just like when I say hot to trot. It's like I've been given given a new lease on life. You know, you get an near death oh, wow. experience, and you appreciate every every day. But you know, I I I've been looking at this understanding of this with my own astrology and the and the patterns in astrology. And there's books where you get into the patterns and what this a bucket pattern is, and the handle of of my chart being this Capricorn. There, you know, this. um Jupiter and Capricorn, 28 degrees, the Sabian symbol for that is the universal meaning of everything. So Mm -hmm. I'm really into the universal meaning of astrology, psychology, as far as the archetypes, you know, the first principles, the geometry, and these patterns. And I've totally got into quantum science, everything, and the fractal order of the holographic universe, and basically, you know, the energetic laws governing everything, the universal meaning of Of everything, how it's all connected with these first, (laughs) these first principles of cosmic law. It just fascinates me.
2: So I'm thinking
1: that what's going on in the world right now, I mean, this is to me, uh, you know, everyone's asking, you know, wants to live in during interesting times and it doesn't get much, for me, it doesn't get more interesting, much more interesting than this.
2: (laughs) Oh yes, this is, this is truly a a major epoch. We're at the edge of one of one epoch and beginning another one. And so this, yeah. is, um, this is quite an adjustment period. And yeah. you remember the, remember the show The Adjustment Bureau? Did you ever see that movie? No. Oh, okay. What's well, it, ca- it wow, called The Adjustment Bureau. <laughs> no. Uh, I- but basically you can look at the planet as kind of like playing the role of The Adjustment Bureau because – you know, uh-huh. They do channel, you know, powerful energies from bald world to yeah. us. And I think it was Paracelsus who said, the stars are within. So huh. when we think about it, we're, our whole chemistry, our whole life is based on the stars. Because, listen, we're a planet moving through space around the center of the galaxy every 250 million years. And we are in space all the time, interacting with all kinds of cosmic rays, cosmic energy. Just a while back, I was looking at the, the sunspot number for today and, uh-huh. um, in terms of space weather. So for a while, the sunspots hadn't appeared on the sun. But now, ever since um, January 14th, they've been moving exponentially. So today, the sunspot number is up to 14. What does that no. mean? It does mean that sunspot energy... The more they, the more they accumulate, the more they affect the astrology, the astrochemistry. And really astrology is a, a, astrology is a formula of astrochemistry. When we do progressions or transits or midpoints, when we use these formulas to find out things like the 45 degree angle utilizing Uranian astrology in the midpoints, these are all uh-huh. formulas of astrochemistry because we live in the chemistry of space. And even our thought influences the chemistry of space. And this is one of the things I wanted to leave with. And that is our thought creates a special atmosphere around us so that when our astrological karma is time to occur, it can actually be refracted, ameliorated, or changed in some way by the nature of our thought at any given time because it does affect space itself around us. So the of our thought... That's yes, one of the, the first. Principles. Of thought. Yes. Yeah, that's that one is a, of the first that first is a good first principle. principle. So, yeah, everyone... one of the first
1: principles of, of of quantum science, one of the first principles is that what you put your attention on impacts, it, you know, it is yes. it is that, you know, they they know this now that um, the quantum field is is what defines it or refines it or determines it is our consciousness of it, you know, where we <clears throat> where we put our attention is where our, our, our God is. Well, you, you know, that's how we geometrize, uh, and we're geometrize reality, you know, the, how we frame reality or frame the the field, and we're all, we're all channeling. We're, we're all channeling in our own unique, with our own unique frequencies, you know, our bioenergetic frame of reference from our astrology, psychology as it transits through the field, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, that we're all, we're all channelers. You know, we're, we're, you know, everyone is living in their own world with their own, uh, astrology, psychology, frames of reference. And as you become more conscious of how you are conscious in that regard, you're more likely, uh, to basically master your, 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 your life because, um, it's like, Biofeedback. Once you become conscious of that, was which was unconscious, you not only will to control, you can't resist conscious control. And and if you have a sensitivity to the languaging of basically your higher self through the through the the geometry, you know, God consciousness through the geometry of divinity or geometric order divinity of your astrology psychology. The higher your understanding of that, the more you become. God conscious with geometrically ordered divinity, God, and and so this is why astrology has always fascinated me. I've had an intuitive Uranian, you know, revolutionary <laughs> uh, <laughs> appreciation of of astrology from that perspective. And um, anyway, I'm getting carried away again, but I. I, I, I love the, your experience, you might say, in the trenches with what you've done, with it far above and beyond, you know, my kind of specialized of perspective. You've really had a lot more training, your experience, you know, the, the, the mystical uh, mentors that you've had with astrology and your background in New York City. And over the years, in your experience, you've just had a lot more experience with it. And I think anyone that, you know, would work with your service would understand that you've got, that you're you're a cut above, you know,
2: m- most of what people know of astrology. But <laughs> well, you know, as you know, there are many um, fabulous astrologers out there. There was one who I um, was sad to find out who passed away. He was someone who I knew. And... Um, He was a world-renowned astrologer. He got his B.A. in psychology from Harvard. And he wrote Uh about 32 books on astrology. Wow. And um, Yeah, his name was Noel Till, T-Y-L. Beautiful Uh um, man and someone who really appreciated people. One of the things he said was, planets don't make things happen, people do. And what you know as a human being about life is more important than what you know about astrology. So yeah. if you live life, if you know a lot about life through experience, it definitely informs how you use astrology as a tool to help people. And as you, as we know, as you know, we spoke about this earlier, Carl Jung was not only a psychologist and a trendsetter in psychology, being Freud's protege, but he also yep. was an astrologer who charted his clients. And he's written Isn't that amazing? in his collective works. He wrote in his yep. collective works about his studies and his... Um, scientific ex- observations of astrology, and he, he basically cast it in a good light, and he said that astrology is one of the oldest forms of psychology known to man. That was his yep. take
1: on it. While well, the original uh, uh, original um, uh, uh, scientists, you know, that were pioneering, um, you know, the scientists here, you know, a couple hundred years ago, all of them were astrologers. You know, they yes. it, was an inter- yes. it was an integral part of, uh, of science. Uh, regarding, yeah. you know, the cosmos was always, they always tied the, the planets themselves to psychology. And of course, with the scientific revolution, they removed science from spirituality and they removed science from psychology. And now it's coming back together. It's like the cycle has, has gone full cycle. And now we're with quantum science, we're understanding that that homeopathy and and a lot of, you know, bioenergetic science going back to acupuncture and the ancient Chinese. It was all based on quantum field, um, you know, science um, with astrology. It was all tied in with astrology. And a hundred years ago, actually, uh, homeopathy, there was massive manuals, especially in India and in the East, where they had manuals with um, medical astrology with homeopathy and herbs, and it was all tied together. Uh, with with um, with uh, with medicine, it was always tied in the but again with the scientific revolution, they separated that and divided it and and uh, now we're seeing a con- uh, reconvergence in a, in in Aquarius with science and technology and communications and energetics were you know and again the quantum the quantum science we're we're getting to that point so anyway I was going to have to wrap it up pretty much, but um, anything you'd like to share about, you know, your your service before we go and, and, and what you do with clients?
2: Yes, well, I talk with clients at least um, three or four times a week, and um, my work is, how should I say, it's, <laughs> all I can say is, is that, the work that I do with my clients has brought me much joy and also my clients. And without using so much astrological verbiage, um, we're Uh able to really come to an understanding and I'm always happy to share um, what I know and my experience and my love and appreciation for people through their horoscopes. So uh, if anyone desires to have a session with me, they can reach me through the astrologyconsulting.com. But I think that information is on your website, right?
1: It'll be on the podcast, uh, the homepage and the,
2: and the, the footnotes
1: there. And you can go to that link and your other two links you have on your other two websites. And Kevin Raphael Fitch, I am so grateful for you coming on the show today. I look forward to doing this again and going more into the astrology psychology that's personalized for people's own cosmic clock, uh, charts. If we can do a workshop or something along those lines, I would love to do that. I'm fascinated with Cosmic Clock Astrology. So thank you, Raphael, for being with us on and Cosmic Clock today. thank you, You're Christopher.
2: Thank you, for bringing me on your show. You're welcome. You God bless you. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: The happy trails until we meet again. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this presentation on Cosmic Love. I hope you have enjoyed receiving this as much as I have enjoyed giving it. There is a new relationship with all humanity that is maturing with the new synchronicity of instant, everywhere, interactive, net reality. Cosmic Love is the heart of this synchronicity. Tools and processes that empower the wisdom of Cosmic Love is the purpose of the Worldwide Love Foundation. The family of man is now making a quantum leap into a new consciousness as never before in history. Our awareness as humankind is expanding and the Internet reflects that multidimensional expansion of consciousness into new realms of omniscience, omnipresence, and omnipotence in the power of cosmic love. This has huge implications. The more information we have, the greater the need to get it all in order. The more knowledge power we have, the greater the need for the wisdom of cosmic love. That should be common sense, and it's time to make common sense more common. If you agree that the American Revolution was huge for freedom and opportunity in the world, look what's happening to the whole world now. A new connection with cosmic love is positioning the golden rule, law, language for a golden age in our spirit, our minds, our hearts and the soul of humanity. We're on the threshold of a global revolution that is awakening the angels of our better nature. Let's be honest and reason together. Cosmic love has always been the golden rule law language for every golden age in cosmic history. Some things don't change, only the ability of the human mind to grasp the full implications of the world in which we now live. That has changed with the Internet, and like an adolescent who is not an adult yet, but not a child either, the Internet is now installed, operational, and ready to take our personal and planetary consciousness to the next level. That would be cosmic love, and the foundation principles for this is the Love Model, a universal law language interface for net reality that represents the five-dimensional intelligence that can fulfill a global revolution in higher consciousness. Check it out for yourself. See how it works. Consider the role you can play and how you can benefit. The sooner you get the vision of this cosmic love thing, the sooner you can profit from a wholly new economy that will transform all our social networks with extraordinary abundance of everything held sacred by free people worldwide. There is a new intelligence that is defining and refining humanity's evolutionary ascent. The higher the intelligence of universal cosmic love, the greater the results. The gateway to higher consciousness is, in fact, the language of consciousness. The five-dimensional intelligence that cosmic love frames in form and frequency, as in frequently. Once you get it, how the Holy Spirit of love and action can heal our individual and collective conscience, it will become self-evident how cosmic love can nurture and culture the net reality that brings a Holy Spirit to the collective consciousness of humanity. Love heals all, always has, always will. The more cosmic and universal the vision of love, the greater the results. Welcome to the opportunity. It's time to link the light workers who are lovemakers... The Internet now provides this opportunity for extraordinary synchronicity as will empower wisdom with cosmic love. Someone had to do it. Now you can. Network for the net worth of this new net reality. You have the vision now before you. What you do with it can change your world and the world at large. We are all co-creators in the cosmic scheme of cosmic love. The great spirit of great love is the great opportunity that genuine freedom gives all of us. Heaven knows that there is nothing more valuable than the vision of cosmic love that has found its time. Experience the Worldwide Love Foundation in your consciousness, being, and world. Care enough to share this vision of great opportunity. Step into the circle of global connection as you center and connect with the five-dimensional intelligence of cosmic love that provides the cultural DNA for a golden age on earth. Miracles happen when cosmic love is conceived, believed, and achieved. You are that miracle when you become the cosmic love you want to see in the world. Own this vision as your own. Embrace the intrinsic virtue of cosmic love. Make the vow to do what you can because you can. Claim the victory for all mankind, aspiring to live as kind men. Here's the winning from the beginning of a global revolution that will finish worldwide with the great experiment and representative government gave humanity with the American Revolution. Heaven on Earth is virtually in your hands. Do you want the keys to the kingdom? Are you ready to assemble the components to the capstone of cosmic love vision? Discover the five-dimensional intelligence that will empower your own virtually untapped gifts and talents. Consider how you can make a difference, if not the difference. It's your life, your world. Take command. Give cosmic love the chance that you want for all mankind. Now you can. See for yourself. Do it for cosmic love, and heaven knows cosmic love will bless your life far beyond this one. Sooner or later, what goes around comes around. You can call that good karma or the justice of cosmic law or just the blessings of cosmic love. It's the same thing. The abundant life is born in abundant love. The more cosmic that love, the more abundant is your life. Personally, I can't think of anything better to do, and I hope you feel the same way. So keep in touch with cosmic love. It only gets better as you pay attention. This is how cosmic love works. Pay attention because attention pays in ways that make cosmic love the new currency for global peace and prosperity. Your attention is your consciousness. The next economy for planetary civilization will pay attention to the value of virtue, the virtue of cosmic love. The family of man in our global village must be connected to this one virtue, We must pay attention to the first principles of higher consciousness if we are to transcend the old paradigms of scarcity consciousness that scarcity economics has created. This is the whole point of cosmic love. We won't heal our personal and planetary problems with the same consciousness that created the problems. The best hope for humanity is the charity of goodwill among mankind. This is the charity of cosmic love in action. This is the Holy Spirit of cosmic love in man that raises mankind with loving kindness. I hope you appreciate this message and share it with others. That may be just your circle of influence with family and friends, or it may be every news group or blog on the internet where light workers and enlightened netizens, global citizens, hang out. By the grace of cosmic love, enough good people will do enough soon enough to quickly turn the tide of global consciousness from the paradigm of scarcity to the paradigm of abundance that Cosmic Love cultures. May the quickening and awakening of consciousness begin with you and your own personal evolution in higher consciousness. Thanks again for listening to Cosmic Love.